welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, us. It's Ariel and Ruben, Aurelian, whatever. Depends on how <laughs> you're feeling. Depends on the day. Feeling how Ruben-y whimsical today. are you feeling? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, bit of whimsy. I, I am currently in halifax recording away from my office and so there's going to be two things going on number one that's why this is a totally different background but if you're watching the video version but secondly if you're listening only to the audio version you will probably hear massive amounts of wind outside (laughs) because the only place i could film where it looked good was in front of this window and we're in the middle of a weather warning because there's a giant wind moment happening. Hmm. It was so interesting because I've never seen a weather warning just for wind. Like yeah, it, that's kind of scary. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna rain a little bit, but it's not it's not really a rain situation. Mm. It's just wind, and it's true. Like the trees are whipping around. It's gonna go up to like a hundred kilometers an hour, which is really fast. Like that's kind of similar to when we had a hurricane. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> if you hear wind, that's what's happening. <laughs> Just a little wind now moment. You know. <laughs> Just a little wind moment. Um, but yeah, we're gonna, we're so excited. So basically, we're in the end game here, everyone. Mm. It's December 11th when we're recording this. And this is important because Raylene and I, you know, I, we work all year to get to the end of the yes. year episodes. There is a, a series of episodes, four episodes that we have to do for you guys. <laughs> and they're the best episodes of the year. They're so much fun for us to film. We know that you guys like them the most as well. Um, and so we're really excited about them. They're coming up soon. They are our wrap up where we talk about all of the books we read, all of our statistics. We have our Christmas, um, hall and the one where we talk about the community stats and go over the giant survey that you guys fill out. And then there's the one where we, uh, do the, do our goals and talk about our goals in 2024. So I think I said four episodes and I meant three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's three. Um, so in the lead up to that, we wanted to, well, this is what my thinking was really. I wanted to leave a little mystery Oh. because if, if the episode before the wrap up episode was an update episode. Oh, I true. thought there wasn't enough mystery. That's funny. We so haven't today, talked about this, but we we just decided. This is why I told you we should do a community episode, and uh, I think I forgot to tell you the reason. It's a um, it was a secret reason, but also just because I like doing. Oh them. yeah, <laughs> I was just These like let's so do fun. another one, and you were like, yeah, let's do it because they're fun. Um, so we're doing a confession, uh, reading confessions episode. Mm-hmm. These are some episodes we've started doing recently. We love them so much, and it was a goal of ours to sort of launch some episodes this year that involved the community and and the listeners a bit more, and we had this fun idea to like do voice notes. We were like, we want people to send in voice notes, and then I was like, what if they sent us problems? And Raylene, we were like, we went with this idea, right? (laughs) We were so excited. We were like, this is going to be really fun, and then we just... It, thing after thing happened we kept not launching it but now this is our third one mm-hmm. and we're loving it we're loving we're it so we have five new clips from people that we're going to be responding mm-hmm. to today very excited we've got some funny ones some serious problems <laughs> readerly things we need to sort out mm. uh we also have an update from one of the people we helped last well i say helped <laughs> one of the people we <laughs> gave advice to last yeah. week our last episode so that's gonna be fun to listen to before that i do just want to start off by saying if you wanted to participate in our community reader survey now is the time so before we hit record on this episode raylene and i were like did we set a deadline we can't quite remember (laughs) but we're not recording this episode until right after christmas so you have until christmas basically to fill out the survey dependent on when you're listening to this episode you i'm sure still have plenty of time so That will be linked in the description if you want to fill it out. It's a lot of fun. I added a lot of questions, Raylene. Oh. I added a lot of questions. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'll have to do the survey too. (laughs) It's, I I actually do think it's fun. I, I had like a lot of fun adding questions and being like, actually, I can just pull thousands of people. It's what true. do you think about this kind of booky thing? And what about <laughs> this thing? And uh, yeah, so I just asked people a lot of questions and I'm excited to read over all of your answers. Oh, that'll be fun. So that's linked all over. And uh, we keep losing power here, you guys. We Uh-oh. just lost power again, really. <laughs> I heard um, something, yeah. 
Yeah, it flickered. The energy flickered again because of this windstorm. So let's try and get through this episode. My God. Let's go. Um, the first thing I think we should start with, it just flickered again. Oh, it's God. really scary. We're six minutes uh, in. This is great. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, the first uh, thing I will think we should listen to is this update from Jordan. Yes. Hello again from Australia. <laughs> first of all, dying at... Ariel's lies that she suggested I tell my colleague in order for them to stop giving me book recommendations. <laughs> Loved it. So I do have an update. Basically, I think sending in this dilemma made me think about, well, actually this problem is kind of causing me a bit of like stress. So now is the time to deal with it. And what I did is I actually did kind of what Ariel said. I figured that this person their like method of communication was through a note so I wrote on the same note on the back and popped the book back on their desk and I said hey thanks for thinking of me with this recommendation but I've got so many books that I'm already really excited to read um that I just have no idea when I would ever get to this but thanks again didn't leave it open for more recommendations just sort of shut it down then and it's been a blissful few weeks it's yeah that was the problem it wasn't so much um people giving me recommendations verbally because you know you could just say oh yeah sure I'll get to it someday and then just like never discuss it again <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say is I will definitely be staying strong thank you Raylene for <laughs> that reminder it's actually very useful because even though I know exactly what it is that I like to read, what I want to read, you still do feel guilty to read what people suggest to you, even though you know you're not probably going to like it. So thanks so much for responding. Um, I was dying in my car on the way to the library. Love the podcast and bye. So Jordan, thank you so much <laughs> for sending this update because that was so much fun to listen to and uh, my favorite part was actually right at the end when Jordan says I was dying in the car on the way to the library because I was like this is a real person who's yeah, actually going to things. the place yeah. of work where <laughs> they said they work and going to go face the characters that we were talking right? about so, so much fun. but yeah it sounds like i think we did help jordan i think i mean mainly I you it, it sounds like um she really liked your lies <laughs> but didn't end up needing to use them which was good like i think yeah but she said she used the idea of using a note yeah I like responding with a note yeah that's a very honorable worked. thing to do because it's just matching the energy but also yeah. not yes. you know presenting any falsehoods which is nice yes yeah, the lying was more of entertainment for my fellow <laughs> listeners. I'm glad you didn't go the lying route, but if it had, would have worked. Yeah, so there's white lies. Yeah. I think white lies are okay to protect feel people's feelings, oh, sure, so it would have sure. been fine. But uh, thank you, Jordan, for that update. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. That's awesome. And now we're going to jump into some of our new problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's start with Laura. Hello, Ariel and Raylene. My name is Laura and I live in Eastern Massachusetts. I got married about two years ago and like me, my husband is also a really big reader. Our tastes overlap in some ways, but I tend to gravitate toward novels, whereas he prefers nonfiction. Here's my problem. I love the idea of us combining our bookshelves. I think it's romantic and beautiful for us to have a shared library full of books that reflect our shared love of reading. Unfortunately, my husband has freaking terrible aesthetic taste. He always manages to bring home the ugliest possible editions of the books that he buys. And I hate how they look on our shelves. So how can I pursue this goal of building a shared library for us while also creating something that looks beautiful? Help would be appreciated. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay, Raylene. Laura has a, pro has a big problem. <laughs> I loved the way that Laura set it up where she's like, here's the situation. I live in Eastern Massachusetts. I was like, okay, we've set the scene. This is a reader. This is a person who's like, I'm setting the scene. I married this husband of mine two years ago. I'm like, okay, so it's not a brand new marriage. Mm -hmm. How long have you been married to Kyle now? Well, we've two been married years? for one, one, one year. But oh, wow. We've been 
together, together since 2013. For, uh, so yeah, I, it's it's tough. It's tough. I basically would say we've been married for 10 years, but it's not. It true. does feel that way to yeah. me as well. Um, but it's like it's not a new marriage anymore, but it's still a little new. And so I can see where you're like, you know. I want to set up these bookshelves. I want them to be a beautiful romantic thing. And I found this really funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> like, cause she says, I want to combine bookshelves. I think it's romantic, <laughs> reflecting our shared love of reading. I was like, I've never thought of bookshelves as romantic, but yeah. you might be right about that. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong. It, it also reminded me of the scene in When Harry Met Sally, where uh, Harry has like a blow up and he's kind of, he's really upset about something and cause I don't want to spoil anything, but he says like, just so you know, you're happy right now, but what you should be doing is writing your names in all of your books, because when you break up, you're going to have to try and tease these all apart. And I was like, this is, oh. I remember when I watched this in the movie, I was like, who the hell would combine their books? Yeah, that to me is a, cr- a little bit of a crazy idea. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe uh, Laura loves her partner more than we love our partner because I'm like, I am not willing to mix books with Connor. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess mine is slightly different because Kyle isn't much of a reader, so he doesn't have many books. Right, right. But Kyle does have a small collection of books, but they're on a special shelf. Like they're on just like a separate shelf because originally they were kind of with my books. Like pretty much all of his books are fantasy books. So I was like, when I had my books organized by genre, I was like, oh yeah, just throw your books in there, whatever, just add it to the stack. But there was a time where I was like, I don't want these on here anymore. (laughs) They don't go with my books. Like they're just (laughs) slightly off. They're not ones that I chose. They're like mass market paperbacks. Like just get them out of here. And so, um, yeah, we, we relocated relocated them to a different shelf. So he has like a little small shelf that's just for his books. So that's about as far as I'd probably be willing to go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, we can just talk about ourselves for a sec. I don't want to mix my books with Connors because I don't see... I, like, I love that Connor is a reader. It was, impo- it was important to me. It has been historically, actually, now that I think about it, everyone that I've dated has been a big reader mm. because that's important to me. And, and it's such a fast and easy test because whenever a guy is like, do you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, let's go to a bookshop. And if they are not into that, it's like, what a clear litmus test. But um, actually, I'm just remembering that me and Connor's first kiss the second time dating because if people don't know we dated a decade ago the second time dating our first kiss was in a, a chapters what? really did you know that <laughs> why i don't need to know the story but why <laughs> it was in a chapters so it was so cute um anyway anyway whew, i was just reminiscing i hate that let's stop doing that okay so get back to the present get back to the present moment um i love that he's a reader and i love that he has a lot of books but his books to me have nothing to do with my books. I'm yeah. like, that's a different collection. They're two separate entities. Different entities, different goals. So I, I do think I want to, I like that we're mentioning this because I think, um, Laura, you might be trying to make something work that can't work. Yeah. Especially because if all of his books are truly as ugly as you say. <laughs> yeah. I was really picturing hideous books. <laughs> I don't even really know what to picture. <laughs> like, how did they all know, be like, bad? Are books that bad? I don't. I don't know. But um, it might be like you're trying to make something happen that can't happen, and maybe it would be actually just a relief to you to remove some of that pressure from yourself. Like, you will still have a beautiful readerly relationship, mm-hmm. even if you don't mix your shelves. So, because all the books will some... still be under the same roof, like you're still, yep. you know, they could be next to each other. They could be two bookcases yeah. next to each other. Yeah. So, but really, like, did you have some specific advice? Oh in yeah, mind? yeah, I did yeah, have some specific advice for if Laura really wants to make this happen. These are just like yeah. some ideas I came up with. Yes. And so, I think one key thing is just how you organize the book. So, if you are okay. truly like mingling them together, um, maybe mixing it in so that the ugly ones are kind of amongst a lot of pretty ones then you maybe yeah. won't see them that uh that's not really my advice but that's just an idea i had just now <laughs> um but another thing i think is organizing them by color is a very yes. effective tool because yeah, this that's is one of mine it's a good way to hide things yes, because definitely. yeah sometimes books like will just be lost in the sea of color if you do that so that yeah. could be really effective if there's you know a decent amount of colors in his collection if they're all just ugly like black hardcovers or something i don't know what to do about that but i guess I'd, another another thing i came up with was if they are a lot of hardcovers and say they're like old hardcovers with ugly dust jackets just take yeah. those dust jackets off 
And that was my, that was another core one of mine. I really yeah. agree with you. You yeah. can just take off us jackets. Because it's amazing. Uh, and I'll take some photos of my own books for the Instagram for this to show like how different they can look. And mm-hmm. most of the time, you like I don't really like de- uh, like hardcovers without dust jackets on. But for the aesthetic, I think it's worth it. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to yeah. just like hang on to them somewhere so that you still have them, that's great. Uh, so those are my main ones. Another kind of edgy idea was to Ooh. flip some of the books around so that their pages <laughs> out. <laughs> Go with me here. I don't think this is a great idea, but it could work if yeah. you do it in a cool way. And if he doesn't mind all of his books being flipped backwards. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I really agree with all of you. I think those are all good possible mm. ideas. And you hit on two of mine as well, which were cool. do a rainbow because with a rainbow, you no longer are really looking at each individual mm-hmm. spine. You're just going with whatever color thing you're doing yeah. or remove the dust jackets because without the ugly dust jacket, but obviously then the problem would be if they're paperbacks, you can't remove the dust jacket. Yeah. So. You'd have to like add something to them, which yeah. you could also do. You could like wrap, just kind of wrap the outside of them in, I don't know, brown paper or fabric or I've something. heard of people doing that. And I, yeah. I actually was on a website recently that was like selling really beautiful custom-made dust jackets oh, yeah. without the books. I and definitely so heard could, of this, yeah. Yeah, like one of them was for Anne of Green Gables. <gasps> and it's like, if you own the eight Anne of Green Gables books, here are eight dust jackets that you can wrap and then all the spines align and look really beautiful and i was like that's really interesting so there i mean that's another uh, avenue you could go down um i wanted to say two things one was on the uh just zooming out a little bit here Mm. i just thought this was an interesting discussion because i can already imagine some people listening to this Uh, I don't think, and honestly, I don't think most of our listeners will have this idea, but I can imagine some people who are like, Laura, you got to get over this. Like books are not about Mm. the beauty of the books. Books are just about reading and stuff. And I think that that's not in good faith. Like, I think that books are multiple things and a big part of what they are is objects. And if you have large collections of books, they are a beautiful thing to display. And I have friends whose bookshelves are in like, pride of place in their homes like you walk into a giant bookshelf and so it is a structural thing it is an architectural thing it is a like a beauty thing so Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. laura i'm with you that i think prioritizing the aesthetics of it can actually be a fun part of owning books so don't make anyone feel make anyone let you feel bad about that because i'm with you good point good point um and the second thing though i was gonna it's kind of aside from that but if Basically, I think you need to ask yourself (laughs) 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 if the romance that you are seeing in it, if the theme of the romance, because she said the theme of the romance is a shared library um, to reflect our shared love of reading. That Mm. was like why she wants to do this, right? The romance of it. Yeah. Is that ideal? Is that theme more important than the aesthetics because if that theme is then just mix them no one will care and you can actually see this as a symbol of the relationship Mm -hmm. where you're like look at this we're two very different people but it works together and we love each other and Mm -hmm. our books work and here we are this is our library even if it's not that aesthetic you can kind of lean into it metaphorically (laughs) as a symbol of your love yeah that's good um so i think there's a way to have it be a little wonky but actually that adds a lot of charm to it yeah and here's the thing we're not thinking mm, about is how does the husband feel about all of your beautiful books being combined with his ugly books yeah, maybe no. <laughs> he's like, "What? You <laughs> no? <laughs> these are these are not right." Yeah, maybe he's feeling feeling bad about that too. <laughs> yeah, I think also like if he has a couple favorite books. This was like a really offshoot idea. I don't mm. know if this this is a little going over the top. I don't know your budget, Laura. Okay, oh, but if you've got a big budget, <laughs> you could pick a few of his really favorite books and buy pretty editions of those books. Yeah, to have them as like face out books because it does seem like um, he doesn't care based on what laura it seems said like he it just care. seems like he doesn't care so he would be yeah. probably happy with that and fine with that Ex- oh, well that's what i was thinking yeah but there that's you go fair. laura i wish you all the best i think <laughs> that it might not be possible to do this but it might be and uh when in doubt do a rainbow do a rainbow when in doubt do a rainbow <laughs> 
<laughs> that applies to a lot of different situations. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we mentioned enough how much I think that having them separate is okay. Yeah. Like, my bookshelves are a whole thing that I spend hours and hours thinking about and looking at mm -hmm. and tweaking. Connor's bookshelves are their own thing in a different room. And it's beautiful. When you walk into the guest room, there's a lot of books in there. Mm. They're Connor's books and they're cool and they're different. Um, and I think it's also really nice to just be able to go to your own book. So I don't think Absolutely. if you're, maybe you're trying to ma don't make, don't put too a, much pressure a, on it. Yeah. Maybe you're trying to make a square fit into a triangle or whatever they say. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Okay. This next one, this was a little stressful. This is from Jessica. Hello, Ariel and Raylene. My name is Jessica, and I'm calling you from Melbourne, Australia. A few years ago, a friendly acquaintance in my hometown in the U.S. wrote a book. She has regional name recognition for her writing and presence in the media, all of which I have thoroughly enjoyed for many years. She sent me a copy of her book to review on all the usual platforms. I read it, and I absolutely hated it. I kept my reviews as vague as possible, but there was no way to disguise how much I disliked the book. And unfortunately, this review ended our relationship. Since then, I have been hesitant to review books written by friends and acquaintances, even when I am really excited for them. So should I just make it a rule not to review books written by people I know? Or should I go further and not even read books written by friends in case they ask my thoughts? I look forward to your answers. Thank you. So, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I'm scared. Oh, Jessica. Oh, no. First of all, I'm really sorry. I don't think that you did anything ethically or morally wrong. Mm. I think it's unfortunate that it's the way that it went. Yeah. Um, but... I like that you're asking this question because you're like thinking ahead. You're like, okay, this unpleasant experience happened to me once. Yeah. I want to make sure it doesn't happen to me again. What are some strategies? And Jessica, I really relate to this problem. <laughs> um, Raylene, usually I like to throw to you first. I was going to say, you should you start because I feel like you have more experience with this type if of thing. You don't, yeah, if you yeah. don't mind, I would like please, to start please, on this and one. Please, please. I'll really. just backpack on so, <laughs> so basically... I have had this happen to me. Um, not, not. I haven't ever lost a friendship mm. because of it. Because of my strategies, I believe I've been able to salvage some <laughs> relationships here. So I knew that I was on rocky ground this one time. This was years ago. Mm. But a friend of mine published a book, and I wanted to support her, yeah. and so I started reading the book. This was at a time when I still used Goodreads publicly, which mm. when I look back on it, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? I don't understand why we all want to read so publicly. But anyways, <laughs> that's, a, that's besides the point. But I had marked on Goodreads that I was currently reading this book. Okay. And I started getting comments. And this one person, oh God, it's like burned into my brain. This one person commented, well, I, I hope that we can expect an honest review from you <laughs> and that you won't be lying about whatever you say. <laughs> And I was like, wow, this is so fascinating Yeah, because you're expecting things from me. I don't know why you're expecting things, these yeah. things from me. I'm like, why do you think that in order to be a good reviewer, I need to be a bad friend or in order to be mm -hmm. a good friend, I, it means that I'm being a bad reviewer. Like these yeah. things are not mutually exclusive necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I think once, when you expect people to be like, oh, I'm going to be a real reviewer. I'm going to be unbiased. I'm going to be completely objective. Yeah. That's not real. It's not possible hmm. to be unbiased and you have to just allow yourself to be biased, allow yourself to be subjective. So yeah. Here are the facts, in my opinion, really. Okay. Number one, you cannot promise a positive review. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Not. You can't, you don't know what's going to happen when you read that book. Number two, this is a very emotional time for your author friend. Mm -hmm. Like they're publishing a book. They've been working on it for years. It's finally coming out into the world. They're nervous. They're scared. It's emotional. Mm -hmm. So that's a fact number two. Fact number three no matter how you slice it, you cannot be impartial or biased. So here's my strategy. Don't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great strategy. <laughs> because you cannot promise that you're going to like it. And therefore, as a friend, and I, I here I am balancing friendship. 
As a friend, I think what you can do best of all is to promote your friend's mm. book. And you can do that when you still haven't read it. And this is what I have done. I have, just because of my job, I have a lot of friends who yeah. publish books. I never read them at the beginning when the book is coming out. I am always promoting it by just saying, my friend's new book is out. It's about this. If you want to check yeah. it out, you can check it out because that's honest. I'm telling you that it's my friend. I'm telling you that the book is out. I'm telling you that I'm excited. All those things are real. My review isn't actually that important. I think that my job is as a buddy with a platform to promote my friends the stuff that I'm excited about and yeah. be honest and real about how jazzed I am. I have then secretly read the book. Ah. And then if I don't like it, I'll just never tell you that I read it. And if I did like it, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, months later, maybe even a year later, I can start talking about it again because mm -hmm, I actually mm -hmm. read it and reviewed it. But this removes all pressure. So I also think that it's, I don't think that it's very fair of friends who are authors to expect you to review stuff. Definitely not. So, That's kind of part of my advice too. Okay. It's like, well, let's shift over to you, Ray. What do yeah, you think? I mean, I don't really have much solid advice to give. Yours is very, very much covers everything I would say, but cool. just like thinking about it from my perspective and like, I guess a different perspective is like, not everybody is as public of a figure as you are necessarily when mm. re reviewing a book. So it's kind of like, is the review just straight from you to your friend? In which case that feels right. very, very personal too, where it's the right. sort of the thing you're talking about where maybe you should only tell them you read it if you liked it. Um, yep. So I do agree with that, with that because it's otherwise it's just like one-on-one, -on -one, like, oops, sorry, I didn't like your oh, book. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, so I think because of this, Ooh. what I would do personally is like, I mean, I would only read books that are from like written by people I'm really close with. Like if you wrote a book, Same. I would read it. I yes. would read it no matter what. Yes. Um, yeah. But I would also maybe like ask you ahead of time and expect you to tell me like, is this a book you think I'll like? Like, is this a Raylene book? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, yeah. I think knowing who you're recommending it to and who you're giving it to and being aware of that, like this is the friend's and this is advice for the friend rather than for Jessica, but I yeah. think people need to be aware of that. Like if you're giving yeah. a book to someone, what if like if they're not gonna like it they're not gonna like it you might know yeah, that like, as their I friend i could have my best friend in the world like you could write a book that's like a true crime book yeah i'm probably not gonna like it because i don't really like true crime exactly right? but that doesn't mean i'm not gonna support the hell out of it and promote it a lot and talk yeah. about it and let people know it's out and thankfully you can do that work you can do that mm -hmm. friendship work of promoting a book without having to review it or read it yet yeah like though they're actually two different things um but to your point like jessica said that this was a friendly acquaintance mm -hmm. that wrote the book so it doesn't sound like it was a close personal friend yeah that you could yeah that you're not that so i think so it's kind of tough i think in those kinds yeah. of situations I would just, yeah, not agree to read it at all. Like, even if they yeah. say, oh, hey, I wrote a book. I know you like to read. Do you want a copy? You can say, sure, I'd love a copy. Might not read it. Like, make it clear that you might not read it. And then yeah. you can kind of exactly like uh, exactly. tell them you liked it if you did like it. And then if yeah. you didn't, just That has been my away. approach for a lot of things where I'm just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so slammed right now that I can't promise to read it, but I'd, I'd be so happy to promote it if they're actually my friend. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a really tricky line because there has been lots of, fail um ugly situations where i have people i barely know mm. and then suddenly i get this message from them that's like hey buddy i'm wondering if you'd review my book and i'm like no you can't no. use me when you want to use me <laughs> like that's not how that works so i don't think you owe everyone you know that's an author anything but if you want to promote their book i think there's a way to do that in a really friendly happy positive way that's like yay look my friend just released this book and you're get they're getting the promotion without with removing that pressure of you actually having to read it. You know, that's good. I like that because I think if they want you to review it, they have to be ready for the consequences. Like if that's the I'll setup. I completely agree. I yeah. completely agree. They cannot expect a positive review exactly. from you. But they can um, ask for you to mention the book, haul the book. And like, I've had people who are really good at this where they're like, hey, I have a new book coming out. Would you want a copy to maybe show on your Instagram stories yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, I can do that. That's of easy. course I'd like yeah. to support you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. But thanks for, for bringing that up because I think it's a very interesting yeah. and, and kind of nuanced topic. Mm -hmm, totally. Um, and it does depend on the situation. Like you, there are certain people whose books, like you said, like if it's a close friend, I'll definitely be reading it. Yeah. 
Um, and you just don't, you don't have to shout it out on your podcast if you don't like it. You no, know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to move on over. Oh, this was a little, uh, this was another little stressful one. Let's do this message from Tamar. Hi, Verlene. Hi, um, Ariel. So um, my bookish problem right now is that I read way too many books at a time. Like I'm reading one and then another one interests me. So I pick it up or like someone suggests for me to read something and then I pick it up or I'm like part of a lot of book clubs and reading so many at a time. But it's like stressing me out and like I don't enjoy the books as much because I'm reading too many at a time. So I was just wondering how I could limit the amount I read, like maybe one or two at a time or even one would be great so I can really engage in it. Yeah, so that's my bookish problem right now. So I'd love for your advice and looking forward to hear it in the next episode. Have a good day or night. Bye. So this message from Tamar. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is another one I almost feel like you should start off because this is another like Ariel-ish problem. <laughs> it's kind of an Ariel problem. I mean, <laughs> the first thing I wrote down is, is this a problem? Uh-oh, maybe Maybe it's not a problem. <laughs> I think it is a problem because it stresses Tamar out. Exactly. No, you're right. I think right, when right. that starts right. happening, then it is a problem. You personally don't seem stressed out by having 20 books on the go because that's just who you are. You've accepted it. And I yes. feel like I feel like you also like let books go into your past pr- much more easily than yes. it sounds like Tamar does. Like yes. as soon as yes. she starts a new book, that other one is still like holding, has a, oh. a noose around her neck. <laughs> Whereas with you, I feel like yeah, I think, it's just kind of I gone and forgotten. I think you might be right about. Yeah. I think you might be right about that. So I, I think, think it's different. Um, I think you're right. I think it is different. However, my approach to this problem is actually trying to convince Tamar to a. Uh, to take on my approach in this situation because I was really think I was tomorrow. This really caused me to do some deep thinking. (laughs) I stared out the window at the shaking trees (laughs) for quite a while here thinking like, okay, okay. It's me. I'm like, tomorrow is me right now. Tomorrow is reading too many things at the same time. Isn't finishing as much as she's starting. How do if I wanted to change that about me, how would I change that? Yeah. And I could not come up with a good strategy. <laughs> I couldn't because I think I'm too deep in. Yeah. I think I'm too You're deep lost. in, right? Like, lost I'm in the lost. Sauce. <laughs> I, I'm with Tamar in this strange and beautiful sea. But here's basically where I where I emerged. Okay. I was like, maybe it's fine. Maybe maybe it's all I mean, fine. Yeah, maybe it's fine because it doesn't bother me. Mm. I'm like I am like years ago it did bother me because years ago I was like. I'm not finishing as much as I'm starting. I'm not like reaching the end points on a lot of things. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in the middle of a lot of things. Here's a couple of techniques so that maybe you can be more like me and feel <laughs> chill about this. Yeah. Number one, remember that you're following joy. Mm. The reason that you're picking up a new book is because you're excited. Yeah. I think that's, it's like, and you know what? I think these things are not dissimilar. Okay. I love charcuterie boards. Ooh, okay. <laughs> let's turn. Let's go. I'm really into a charcuterie you board. like sampling okay? all the different tasty snacks. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't, I would every single day of the week have a charcuterie board mm. before I'd have like a sandwich. I don't want everything prepackaged. I want to like pick this and then this and then this yeah. and then this. I'm like, I enjoy that experience of being like, hmm. Now I want a little cheese. Now it's time for a little pickle, I think. That is like very much what I'm doing with reading, where yeah. I'm like reading something and then I like, like you tomorrow, like you said, like I hear about a new book or my friend mentions a book and I, I have that on my shelf or whatever. And I like get excited and then I go and I start reading that. And the last thing's gone, baby. Mm. It's in the past now. Yeah. And I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as me following joy. I'm like, wow, this is the thing I'm excited about now. I think that subconsciously, a lot of rules become things yeah. online in the on the online reading community. Like people like have certain expectations of themselves, and they have certain goals other other people are doing. So you feel like you're supposed to be doing it. And I'm like, imagine that you lived in a vacuum, 
<laughs> like in a little bit of a void or, or just yeah. in the 80s. Mm. Imagine you lived in the 80s <sighs> where it's like still a very interconnected fun time, but there's no internet. Yeah. Would your current style of reading bother you? Maybe not. Right. When I Maybe think back to when I was a kid, I used to take out 10 books from the library at a time. And I think I was reading mo- like a lot of them at the same time. But yeah. something changed in me. Um, it's yeah. funny, actually, to bring it back around to like my style of reading please, and turning please, it yes. into a food metaphor like what you did. Mm. Um, I think I was thinking about <laughs> it. I was like, be? wait, this is genius. So I think what <laughs> my style of reading is more like each book is a meal. And... I need to, you know, cook the meal, enjoy the meal, and then clean up after the meal for me to feel satisfied. And that is eating or reading the whole book. Sorry, not eating the book. Um, Eating the book? (laughs) Eating the whole book from start to finish before moving on to the next Mm. one. I feel like as soon as I'm reading a second book at the same time as I'm reading another one, like even if that's just an audio book that I happen to be listening to at the same time, that's like a wheel of brie that's about to go bad or something. It's like, I need to eat it. I need to eat it fast. I need to get it out of the way before my next right. meal. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like I need to wrap mm. things up. I need the dishes to be done and put away before I can start the next meal. Um, mm. And that's just like how I am in life as well. So I feel like it makes sense. It, this it ma- does make sense. It makes sense I, for no, our personalities. This actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right? Because like, for, for example, uh, and you you would know this if you've listened to the podcast for a while, but Raylene, like, you're a bit of a minimalist. I don't think we yeah. would call you, like, a minimalist. Definitely but, like, not, but I'm... You, like, play around with I that idea sense, a lot. the sensibilities of a, <laughs> a minimalist. Yeah, and often I'll be like, uh, what's going on? And Raylene's like, sold our skis, we don't need them. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, you're right. <laughs> I'm always yep. getting rid of stuff, it's true. <laughs> Raylene, yeah, Raylene's always purging and, like, trying to make things neat. And I'm, like, I respect it. I think it's great. And that lines up with, like, you start something, you want to finish it. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, look, I mean... <laughs> Look at I'm all into this cheese. now. I bought this new thing. I'm into this new thing, and I'm just like a little bit more flouncy. So mm-hmm. I think it's just different reading styles, and I think may there is a possibility that Tamar is trying to force herself to be a type of reader that she's just not, mm-hmm. and so maybe accepting that you are into this kind of reading that you're like me. It's okay to be like me. <laughs> I'm happy. I swear. Um, it could be okay. However. You did say, like, you you actually did ask. It's, you said, it's stressing me out. I don't think I'm enjoying the books as much mm. because you're doing the thing and the thing. Um, and so I did have one little idea that was rewards. Oh, okay. This is going to be playing into my goals for 2024. Oh. And it's a new little technique that I'm going to be trying out. So we don't, I'm not going to go too far into that part, but... Perhaps you could do a thing where every time you finish a book, you get a certain type of reward. Mm -hmm. And that could be a trip to the bookshop. It could be, I don't know, I don't know. It could be whatever makes you happy. And a little reward might motivate you to like get to the end of a book Mm -hmm. um, more often. That's all I could think of though, Ray. What about you? Like what makes you, how it helps you to actually get to the end of the book? Um, I mean, just the feeling of being stressed out is something I try to avoid as much as possible. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I find that, yeah, being in the middle of, if it's more than two books, like two I can handle, I don't love it. But like, if it's more than two, then there's, then there's a problem. Um, because right. I love the feeling of finishing things like we've, de- we definitely talked about before. That to me is like a 10 out of 10 feeling. And that's actually something I meant, I wrote down in my advice for tomorrow is that I know that starting a new book is a 10 out of 10 mm. feeling. But being in the middle of five books, that feels like a one out of 10 feeling. If like based on what Tamar is is giving us in that message, it sounds like she really doesn't like it. And so what I think is maybe a useful tool is to, you know, just focus on the books that you're actually reading, because obviously you can't physically be reading five books at a time. So there's going to be moments where you're maybe reading one book or two books more than the others. And I think that you should just put those ones aside, like truly just put them aside, maybe even have a special little table for your like books that I'm kind of reading, but not really reading. And so you can focus in on one or two. So if you you might have five like on your docket, but maybe just ignore some of them for a little while and finish, you know, focus on one or two, finish them and then go back to the others. Because I do feel like having too many on the go, like if you're truly bouncing between five different books at a time, that does sound unenjoyable. And that sounds like not a fun way to read. I feel like letting yourself kind of put some of them down even if it's just for a little while might be the best technique because that's kind of what I do when I start 
if I start reading too many books at a time, I need to just focus in on one. I just need to finish one of them because yeah. if you're constantly in the middle of all of them, it's going to take you a lot longer to get to the end of one. And I feel like finishing yeah. a book, like I said, it's a 10 out of 10 feeling. So get get yourself out of that sea and just like try to finish it. That's one of them. so interesting. Yeah. It's true because when I think about it, I don't like, <clears throat> excuse me, like right now, I don't even know how many books I'm in the middle yeah. of. I only think of myself as being in the middle of the one I currently am exactly. reading. Yeah, you so kind of I'm let them go. So I'm not giving those other ones my brain space, actually. Yeah. I've yeah. just sort of moved. I've transitioned to the next book, and I could transition back, but I'm only in one at a time. So I can see how this would be stressful if you actually do feel like you're in multiple yeah, things Yeah, and I almost feel like I, talking about Goodreads before, I think could be part of it, too. Like, the idea of tracking your mm. reading is that, like, you have these on your currently reading shelf. Yes, I used to find that so stressful. Right? Because it doesn't reflect the way I read at all. Exactly. And I would get to the point where there was like nine <laughs> books on there. And one of them was a book I'd started like seven months ago. Yeah. Um, I think you're totally right. I actually had written down that a physical reminder or a physical practice might work well here. Mm -hmm. Basically, I was thinking like every book that you're reading you have out like on your night table yeah. or on your desk or whatever where you read. And when you're like oh, I'm curious about this other book. Maybe you have to implement a practice of putting the other one back. Back on the shelf, yeah. Back on the shelf. And like, that's like a little ritual of being like, I'm accepting that I'm moving on and I might come back to you someday. Maybe yeah. I'm not, but like I am metaphorically and physically putting you back on the shelf yeah. and moving on to the next thing. And maybe that will actually stop you from doing it because you're like, no, wait, I don't actually want to put this one back on the shelf. Mm -hmm. I want to keep reading mm -hmm. it. That other one can wait. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's good. I think it's all about psychology here. You think it's good? Yeah. <laughs> good? I think so. Lots of different different things to think about there, but I hope that that helped. <laughs> yeah, I hope that helped. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next message. This one comes from Kat. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Ruben. I wanted to get some advice on a problem I'm having with my book clubs. I'm a part of two book clubs, and every time I'm assigned a book to read... I no longer want to read it, but I still want to participate in the book clubs and show up and hang out with my friends, but I feel kind of like a loser when I don't read the book. So is there any advice you can give me to kind of power through or work through this bookish problem? If you have any tips, I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, cat. Yes. <laughs> We've been here. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly happens to me all the time. So the main problem, there's kind of two problems. Number one, Kat is in two different book clubs and her, so her doubles are kind of, her troubles are kind of doubled, mm -hmm. double trouble, mm -hmm. Kat, because uh, every time you're assigned a book, you w no longer want to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally and me. I wrote, and us. I mean, we both do this. Uh, us. Yeah. I was Well, the first thing I wrote down was, we stopped doing book clubs for this very reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, we used to host a book club here on Books Unbound. I think we would do three or four a year. Yeah. And there was so much of the process that we really liked. We liked picking a theme mm -hmm. and like picking the five or six books people would vote on. We loved watching people vote on the books. We loved the live shows and our, sorry, we didn't do live shows. We would record an episode with voice clips that mm -hmm. people would send in with their thoughts and their questions. I really enjoyed so recording fun. those episodes. Yeah. Those episodes were so fun and I think they were, they were good episodes. But the second the book was picked, Raylene and I didn't want to read it anymore. And they were all books we were excited to read. Like, oh, I can't all wait to read these books. We but chose the books. <laughs> we put them on the list. People didn't force us to no, do anything. But the second us. that a book won, we were like, I don't want to read this anymore. So yeah. we really feel you, uh, Kat. Like, we're, we feel the same way. What, what was our technique? Stop doing book clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're like, there's no way to do it where it doesn't feel like homework. Mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. feeling like homework was what was making it suck. <laughs> it does. I know. Well, wouldn't it be so cool if you could do a book club where everybody just shows up and talks about what they're currently reading or like what they read most recently. And that's what you discuss. It's like, let me tell you yeah. about this book I'm reading. Uh, you might not yes. have read it, but let's just like, let me tell you about it. I think that's a more interesting book club to me. And honestly, wow. that's kind of what I do with my friends that I have a book club with. We... It's like the loosiest, goosiest book club ever. 
Um, because it would start out, there was just three of us and we all worked together. So we saw each other every day and we would just like read a book and then meet up for coffee after work or whatever and just like talk about what we've read. So it was never Mm. like... But th- that was that was a lot of fun. I don't know how we managed to do that in a way that that made sense and was fun because the moment that we got a couple extra people and started having more like official kind of sit down meetings, we yeah I just like wouldn't read the book. And there was w- one person who truly just never read the book but showed up to have a good time, and that was fine. We were totally fine yeah. with that. And there were a lot of times where I wouldn't finish the book because I wasn't interested in it, and I'm like I'm not going to force myself to read something I don't want to read. Um, so I think that that's yeah. a technique as well is just accepting that maybe sometimes you don't have to read the book but you can still show up and have a good yes. time with your friends like if these are people you enjoy being around and they enjoy yeah. having you around they're not going to care if you read the book or not true the thing true. is you just have to be okay maybe having the book spoiled for you or not understanding what's going on a little bit like you you have to just be okay with that and if everyone else is okay with that then whatever that's kind yeah. of i i like to think go with the flow i don't like to mm. force myself to to do anything I don't want to do, first of all, but I'll, mainly like not to read things I don't want to read. Um, yep. And I, that's something that I think everyone should implement. Don't. Yeah. You know, I if mean, there's no actual reason for you to read it, like it's not school. No, like, you right, know, you right, don't have right. to. Nobody's paying you to read this book. You're just, yeah. <laughs> you're just doing it for fun. And if it's not fun, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I agree. Cause that's why we stopped doing the book clubs. Yeah. We were like, this isn't fun anymore. We're so stressed out. Yeah. And it's like a, getting in the way of our joy and of our podcast we're like let's just stop doing mm-hmm. it we can do other things instead and here exactly. we have these new episodes that we love doing way more so much fun. more <laughs> yeah so you got to go with the flow i think um i wrote down a couple of things um first of all can you sneakily <laughs> suggest books you've already read Ooh, that's good so one. If they're like, it's time to pick the next book club book. And you're like, what if we read Twilight? (laughs) And you're like, I already read Twilight. And so when you show up, even if your memory is a little bit dodgy with the book, you're still going to basically remember it and have things to say and opinions. Um, It can be more recent. I just picked Twilight because that's a universally read book. Mm -hmm. But like any book that you've read, you could suggest and really push for. Um, Or if your book club votes on things, like vote on one you've already read kind of thing. Okay, my next idea was, and where the heck did it go? Oh yes, here it is. My next idea was setting up reading dates with people in the club. Since um, Kat said that the social time is their favorite element of the book club. Like you like getting to hang out with everyone. So I'm like, this is even more reason to hang out with everyone. Like once or twice a month in the lead up to the book club meeting, Mm -hmm. if you met up with people to read and you're like, or you could like start a movement with your book club. Say that your book club is called Windy Tree Book Club. (laughs) You could start the Windy Tree After Hours Reading Society where you you just start reading. Like you're like, I'm going to be at this cafe from four to nine that seems like a long time actually mm. but whatever from seven to nine <laughs> four to nine <laughs> if, if anyone wants to drop by i'm gonna be here reading our book club book mm-hmm. and if you want to come by that'd be really fun we'll read in, in like happy cozy silence with a coffee that could be fun if you can slice that into your uh schedule yeah my next idea can you transition to a movie club <laughs> Because maybe it just being a part of a book club isn't working, actually. Mm, yeah. Maybe you can just be part of a movie club. Because a movie club, that's a two-hour commitment at most yeah. for the whole month. You watch the movie, you show up. It's so much easier. And if the thing that you are enjoying is just hanging out with your friends and talking about art, maybe th- maybe this would be... Maybe everyone would be like, thank God that Kat suggested this because I always feel so stressed about finishing the book. Yeah. Um, those were some of my ideas. I also though, really did have the idea written down of the same thing that you said, where it was like, maybe you can transition to your book club where it's not about a specific book. It's just about yeah. what you've been reading lately. Yeah, because um, another thing I find that's difficult for our book club personally is that there's we have such different reading tastes. Like there's not a lot mm-hmm. of overlap. And I feel like we've almost read all of the books that 
fit into all of our reading taste that we all right, like own and right. want to read already like that's just gone like at the beginning we read like shirley jackson and we read the day of the triffids by john windham we read and then there were none by agatha christie like we had a lot of fun right. choices that were like had good overlap and now we're truly like gosh i don't even know <laughs> and so it, it it makes it harder to pick a book not only but then there's always maybe going to be someone who's like i actually kind of don't want to read that book and yeah. um but I mean, that's not necessarily Kat's problem. The problem is as soon as it's assigned, she stops wanting to read it. So I do think just uh, trying to avoid reading books with those friends might be the best way. <laughs> I do feel like book clubs are just a little bit of a flawed idea. I mean, if you're if you're not a mm. mood reader, I guess it's fine. Like some people like being told what to read because maybe yes, they don't know true. about books. Like I think my mom would yeah. really fit in well with a book club because she's like, I don't know what any like what books, you know, who yeah. I don't know. What are what are these books? Just tell me what to read. And um but for me and for a lot of people I'm sure listening like we already have an idea in our head of like this is what I want to read and then as soon as you're told what to do, it's like uh 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 no so i think just setting yourself free a little bit and yeah like like you said transitioning to a movie club or something or just meet up with your friends to like do crafts or like there's so many other things you could do if you're willing to like let the book club idea go because it is a beautiful idea like meeting up with your friends to talk about books i've always (sighs) wanted to be a part of a book club like i romanticize it so much about the like discussions you'll have and all of these sorts of things but I think that actually it would just remind me of school. Mm-hmm. Someone wouldn't end up reading it. Then you just spend a lot of the time summarizing it <laughs> or it would be me who didn't finish it. And yeah. I'd be trying to pretend that I finished it or like just have to yeah. be like, I didn't finish it. And then I feel bad. And like all of those actual realistic emotions. I'm like, I actually don't think I would be a good member of a book club, but I would think, I think I could be a great member of a movie club or yeah. of a crafting club. So maybe there's a way to transition it to make it feel a little better. Um, You've got this, yeah, Kat. Well, yeah. it's time to transition to our final message, which came from Diana. Hello. My bookish problem is that I am obsessed with reading in the early morning time. It's just so peaceful and quiet. And when you read in the morning for like a good like long time, like an hour, like the whole day is just so fantastic. Um, but I've been in a situation where I can't, really wake up in the morning and read every day anymore. So I was wondering if you have any advice on how to get yourself to read when the circumstances aren't like your perfect ideal scenario. Like I would love to be able to read at nighttime when I get home from work, but I find myself, I don't know, the vibe is off. So I don't know. Have you guys had that? Thanks. Okie dokie, Diana. I love, yeah, I love that we recognize a lot of these people because these are Mm -hmm. all from our patrons. If you want to submit a message, we will link to the Patreon down below, patreon.com forward slash books unbound podcast. Or is it just books unbound? Eh, you'll find it. Yeah, it's Um, on there somewhere. It's on there somewhere. But yeah, we know all these names because these are all our beautiful patrons Mm -hmm, that are mm -hmm. always supporting us. Diana loves reading in the morning. She loves it. (laughs) She can't get enough. She can't always read in the morning, which is very realistic, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can have an ideal time to read, but life gets in the way. Yeah. So do you have any advice, Raylene, on how to read when circumstances aren't perfect? You're you're a perfect ideal scenario when the vibe might be a little off. I know when the vibe is off. My advice is to adapt, to be a chameleon. (laughs) Um, So I'm just thinking of my own like personal experiences. And for me, like things that stop me from reading a lot of times are distractions within my home. And that can be like seeing that there's a couple of dishes that need to be put away or whatever, or seeing Mm. my cat looking for attention or my husband looking (laughs) for attention. And sometimes just having that moment where you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to a park and be by myself. And then nothing can bother me or something as simple like what I often actually would do like this summer is go into my backyard, pop these headphones on, put yes. some instrumental music on and just and just read because it's like, yeah, I'm shut out from the world. It's obvious that I just want some alone time. And so nobody bothers me. And yeah. so I think that finding a place and a circumstance that you can kind of feel safe to read and feel like you have this moment i mean also setting a specific amount of time potentially could be useful because i can understand the feeling of being like oh i have so much to do i don't have time to read but if you set yourself like half an hour 
or you know 45 mm-hmm. minutes like give yourself a very specific time frame set a timer on your phone if you need to where it's like okay at the end of this timer like once i'm done this 45 minutes of reading then i'll go do the laundry and make dinner or whatever yeah. so i think that finding yourself maybe a different place or a specific time frame might be the best way to do it because i i totally understand that feeling of oh i've worked all day now i'm home i have all these other things <laughs> to do there's no time to read yeah. but i think if you can like give yourself permission to read for a specific amount of time at a certain amount of time maybe maybe that's useful maybe that's not like the best vibe (laughs) but i think i think where you're choosing to read could be the thing that saves saves the vibe like light a candle you know turn your christmas tree on right now i find reading in the living room where the christmas tree is to be very satisfying so i think just giving yourself like a cozy space a cozy environment and allowing yourself to have that time to read is you know be forgiving of yourself Mm. (laughs) that's my advice i love this problem because i really relate to it Mm. i don't actually feel like I have my perfect reading vibe yet in mm. in my house. I think it's just because there's so many people in the house all yeah. the time that I don't find it very peaceful. But I find that there are certain things that you can always have. So you've said like, there's such great vibes happening in the morning, mm-hmm. but there those same vibes aren't happening in the evening. And I'm like, okay, but there are some conditions that you can always control. For example, you there's there could be a robe like a really comfortable, big, comfy robe that you always wear when you're reading. And then you can start to train your brain to be like, oh, it doesn't matter if it's the morning or the nighttime. Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. got my comfy robe on. The other one that I had was music, which you just mentioned. Like if you start every time that you read, you've got to basically Pavlovian train yourself, okay? If every time that you read, you put on like instrumental Queen's Gambit soundtrack, Uh, and of Green Gables soundtrack, whatever. If you start like with specific songs that you really like and have that always playing, it doesn't matter when it is. Your brain is going to be like, oh, it's reading time. This is yeah. when I, this is the music I listen to when I read. So there are certain conditions that you can have no matter the time of day and kind of no matter where you are. Because yeah. you could be in your car and you could put on that music and it would help you like kind of get into the right mood. Yeah, I love that. Um, I really like your suggestion of going out because sometimes it's just that you're at home and even though home can be the cozy place, home can also be the admin tasks hell place (laughs) Yeah, where you're like, okay, well I can't, it's never going to be cozy here because everywhere I look is reminders of things I have to do. Yeah. And I, I really do think that it's okay to be like, I can't read at home usually. So I'm once a week. Just once a week, like commit to going to a cafe or going to the beach or going somewhere that is like local to you, that Mm -hmm. is easy to get to. Um, The other thing I would say is this is advice I gave to another person in another one, but I think really could relate to Diana and it's habit stacking your way of Mm. freedom, baby. So basically habit stacking is when you already have a habit that you do every day or every other day or whatever, like something you do very regularly that you can tack on a new habit you want to form to it. And by attaching them, it makes it easier to find the time of day to do it. And I think, um, yeah, if you have a commute to work, Mm -hmm. this would be a, a thing where you're like, Okay, I already have to commute. Like, I there's no way around yeah. it. I'm already commuting, whether that's on a train or in your car. And then making sure that you're always reading during that. I think that would help to find a new time in your day that is really nice. Or if you're like, you know what? For this was this is what I would do. I'm gonna do experiments. Like, do a week of experiments where you're mm. like, okay, for a week, I'm gonna try listening to an audiobook every time when I make dinner. Or for a week, I'm going to try reading at 9 p.m. and see what happens. I'm just going to stick to it for a week. Do all these little experiments. Not only do I think it will be fun for you. (laughs) And if you say to your partner um, or to whoever lives in your house, if you say like, I'm doing an experiment this week where every time I cook dinner, I listen to an audiobook. They're going to be like, play along. They're going to be like, oh, okay, no, I can't bother her right now because she's doing her experiment. (laughs) Um, I feel like that could work. And and it's only through experimenting and trying to get out of your usual patterns. Because I think right now, you obviously have certain patterns in place that are not allowing you to read so Mm -hmm. maybe you just have to push yourself to try some new little patterns nothing complicated but something that could help you figure out also okay your car could be a happy place for you Mm. 
because what I've noticed is whenever I'm in my car, I feel very nice and solitary. So even if it just, I've done this before where I'll get in my car, I'll drive five minutes away from my own home, sit in the car and read for a bit. Whoa. And then I'm like, this was a nice little cave. And now I'm ready to go back home. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love that. that was mainly when there was like a lot of hectic crap going on at home because of renovations. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is not a peaceful place. <laughs> but now, now I don't feel that I have to do that. But it worked at the time. So maybe that could be. Totally. I can relate to that. I've definitely had moments where it's like, I am not feeling cozy and happy here. So I would just go like to the library or whatever. And yeah. Read there. And sometimes yeah, just getting out of your own house place. is is the key. Uh, I hope we helped Diana. I really yeah. do. I hope we helped anyone listening slash anyone who sent us a clip. Thank you guys so much for sending us these clips. We're doing them in order. So, um, yeah, we're, if you have sent a clip, I'm sure that we will, we, we can't promise to re reply to every single one, but we're trying to get to as many as we can. Um, and we really are grateful to all of you for participating and sending stuff in. Cause it's yeah. so much fun. We absolutely love these episodes. So if you enjoyed this episode, maybe consider sharing it. We never ask that, but heck, maybe, I don't know. It would be nice. A little Christmas present to us. Aww. A share. Um, yeah, and we are now going to go record our Patreon mini podcast, The Movie Tub. So if you would maybe are interested in hearing what we've been watching lately, you can check that out That's on true. our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.